Thanks so much, guys. It's so good to be with you tonight speaking. Um, my name is Josie, and I am one of the ordinands here at St. Nick's, which means I'm training to be a vicar. Um, I am married to Jack, and uh, we've been a part of St. Nick's since September. So I definitely won't have been able to meet many of you yet, um, and I'd really love to as soon as the opportunity arises. So please do come and say hi to me whenever you uh, get the chance. Tonight, um, I am going to be speaking to you from a passage from Luke's Gospel, uh, Luke chapter 10. So if you have a Bible, do crack it open. But to begin, I wonder how you're feeling about 2021. I absolutely love a new year. I love the opportunity to reflect, to reset, and to dream about what the new year might hold. I love to set intentions around the areas of life that I want to grow in, resolutions, if you like to call them that. <laughs> I love the feeling of a fresh start. One door closes and another door opens. But if I'm honest, the beginning of 2021 for me felt a bit more complicated than that. It's true that 2020 is over. We're done with it. We can't go back, nor would many of us like to, I'm sure. And there is freedom and hope in this new year for all the things that we might be able to gain back that we've lost. But the reality is that the pandemic follows us into this new year, and many of us are left sorting through the heaviness that last year brought us. But the good news is that Jesus doesn't need us to be either hopeful dreamers or heavy laden and hopeless. There is space for both your burdens and your dreams in this new year, and God doesn't need or want you to carry either alone. The truth of the gospel is that Jesus promises us all the most remarkable, light-filled, hopeful life in the midst of circumstances that would tell you that that's impossible. He invites you with him to experience wholeness, goodness, and full life exactly where you are. So how do we find this kind of life then? I have three things to share with you today from the story of Mary and Martha, which might shed some light for us on where to begin. So let's read the story of Mary and Martha together. It is Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So, how do we find this full life that I spoke about just now? One way, point number one, give Jesus your attention. Life is found when we give Jesus our full attention. It's so easy in our lives to be distracted by so many things, legitimate things, things that need tending to. But Jesus asks us to live by first giving him our attention, that he might direct our steps. We begin our passage with Jesus arriving at the home of Martha. 
she has opened her home to him as the head of the household and is preparing things around the house for Jesus and his disciples. She's probably making food, putting the house in order, finding a space for Jesus to wash up before they eat together. All of these completely normal things someone would do any time a person was invited into their home. Meals were and are a particularly important thing for Jewish people. So Martha was doing a really important job and doing it well. Culturally speaking, it was the women who completed these preparations. And so assuming her natural role in the situation, she intends to complete the tasks before her to the best of her ability. Her intention is to honor Jesus with her work. And she is doing all the things that in her culture communicate value and respect. And I totally get what Martha's trying to do here. I love having people over to dinner for my, to my house. I usually spend way too long cleaning, often won't let my husband sit on the sofa after I've fluffed the pillows properly, <laughs> spend ages making elaborate meals. And I love to do these things because it's my way of valuing the people that are coming into my home. How much more would I fluff the pillows if Jesus walked in? But Martha's downfall here in this passage is not her desire to honor Jesus with her work. It's that her work, in all its good intention, is actually distracting her from honoring Jesus. This passage has often been used to pit Mary and Martha against each other as opposites. Mary is the quiet, holy one who sits with Jesus and does the right thing, and Martha is the busybody who cares more about completing tasks than sitting with Jesus. But this passage isn't actually concerned with activity versus quietness. It's perfectly possible to honor Jesus in our activity. This passage is addressing how we give Jesus our attention in the midst of our working. Where in our lives, as we enter this new year, have we put doing good stuff for Jesus above being with Jesus? And this can be a really tricky thing to spot in our lives because often the activity that we fill our lives with is for Jesus. It could be something that you feel really called to do or you could be in a situation that is incredibly demanding, not by choice. But if at the beginning of this new year, you are feeling disconnected with yourself or from God. It could be a sign that things need a little realigning. Jesus cares far more about who you are than what you do. He longs to be with you, to know you and to love you before he requires anything of you. Jesus is waiting to be let into the parts of your life that are hidden that you have been distracted from by necessity or by choice. And today he wants to come and sit with you, to commune with you, to love you as you reveal yourself to him. Giving Jesus our attention is the way to life. Point number two, let Jesus teach you. Life following Jesus is about being transformed but this transformation is not something that we can do by ourselves. Jesus leads the way and teaches us a new way to be. He does this through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we read the Bible, as we pray, and as we live our lives in community with one another. 
But often I ask a bit of a deeper question of like, no, but what does it really mean for Jesus to teach me? Not just with the things that I can do, but deep in here, what does it mean for Jesus to teach me? And as we see in our passage, Martha comes into the living room where Mary is sat at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching, completely flouting the cultural code, and exclaims at Jesus, don't you see what she's doing? She's breaking all the rules. Mary has taken up the position of a disciple. This was completely unheard of for women at the time. Only men trained to be rabbis, and therefore only men were allowed to become disciples. But here, Jesus is welcoming Mary as a disciple, treating her as an equal to her male counterparts, and encouraging her choice to learn. This was a countercultural choice. To be formed by Jesus' teaching is a countercultural thing. Sometimes it looks odd. It may involve you doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. And sometimes those around you that you love will not always understand the choices that you make. Martha saw Mary's choice to be taught as an offense to the way that she had been raised to behave. But Jesus affirms that the only thing that is needed is to sit at his feet and learn. I felt called to be a vicar when I was 21. I was in my final year at university studying neuroscience, and I wanted to go on to study medicine and become a psychiatrist. I'd had this plan for a really, really long time. So when I felt Jesus asked me to become a vicar, it was confusing to say the least. In making the decision to follow this path, I would be giving up everything that I'd spent my short life working towards. And certainly, no average person would have looked at my story and said, yes, that seems like a sensible idea. But I knew that if I chose to ignore the calling that God had given me, I would choose to sacrifice the intimacy with Jesus that had grown to be the driving force of my life. And I couldn't bear the thought of that. Following Jesus, being taught by him, and shaped into the people that he's called us to be, is an odd thing. Because the kingdom of God is an upside-down kingdom. Where women are invited to be equals to men. In a society that would never have allowed that. And where you give up life plans because Jesus has offered you a better way. Being taught by Jesus is sometimes a hard thing. Living counterculturally can be tricky. Time and time again we will be pulled back towards a way of thinking without realising that values success in terms of what you can gain and how much you achieve rather than how faithful you are to Jesus' voice. It will pull us towards valuing productivity over the people that are in front of us. And that's okay. There's grace for us all. We're all in the same boat making the same mistakes over and over again. But Jesus promises to teach us and shape us with endless patience and kindness as we figure out what we're meant to be doing on this road that we're walking. This year, what are some of the areas of your life that you know need shaping a little bit differently? Where do you need some healing and some encouragement? Offer those things to Jesus and commit to learning a new way of being this year. And finally, trust in Jesus' kindness. Life is complex to navigate, 
as we were confronted with it all too much last year. But Jesus is endlessly kind. His kindness is the balm that covers everything and helps us to breathe through the unknowns and the tough bits. This passage shows us that Jesus' kindness is always offered first before any correction or transformation takes place. We see in our passage Martha reaching boiling point with Mary and she bursts at Jesus. Don't you care that I have been left alone? Don't you care? What an interesting question for Martha to ask Jesus. It's a question which resonates deep in the soul as you read it and it's probably a question that we've all sat with at one time or another. It's a fascinating moment because Martha has revealed something of herself in this question and Jesus sees right to the heart of it. And he responds to her with incredible tenderness and love. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. He tends to Martha's heart first, knowing that her heart must be met before her intellect can be. Jesus loves us before he does anything else. We can trust him and know that he sees and holds us safely as we journey with him. Jesus continues to respond to Martha beyond this. He says, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. He is kind enough to meet us where we are and to gently push us further on. This is Jesus' kindness too. Kindness that says, I am with you always and we're going somewhere beyond here. We are loved enough to be led into greater wholeness. Jesus will not let you stay where your feelings dictate that you ought to be. He scoops them up with you and carries you onwards towards new life, towards a greater experience of the kingdom that he's building. And at the beginning of this new year, trust Jesus with the questions in your heart. Reveal the deeper parts of yourself to God. It's what he's longing for, and it's where you will find greater life than you thought possible. And so as we begin 2021, with whatever version of a clean slate you feel ready to have. Give Jesus your attention this year. Let him teach and shape you into more of the person that he's calling you to be. And trust that no matter what you are going through, Jesus' kindness is endless. He wants to pour out his love for you today and every day. Trust him to take you deeper in 2021. There is so much more for your life with Jesus this year than you know. Amen.